When it comes to weight management, we tend to focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat. That's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up today. You're listening to Wins Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli. Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy, episode 96. Today is Thursday, 420. And Steve, we have a great show where we're going to be talking about the highest performers on StatCast. We're talking about standouts. We got some that are rostered in a lot of leagues, checking if it's legit. And we have some up-and-comers that will not be on the radar and are virtually available in all leagues. Super excited to get into it, Steve. I know we've been uh, chatting for 20 minutes off air just about the fantasy season. It feels like we're right in the heart of it, man. And we're both killing it, both first in our home leagues, which is really what got us into it in the first place. But this is always an exciting time of year because it's like we're just getting to that threshold of, you know, the, the sample size being large enough to where some of the stat cast numbers could start to uh, be indicative of talent which is what it's all about and you know in past years this being year three for us at wins above fantasy going back and listening to these types of shows we've definitely identified that you know we were way ahead of the game on this goldschmidt re-breakout and things of that nature so i always like this show steve i'm sure we'll do at least one more uh you know in the next month or so as we get more and more of a sample size but super excited to get into it how's it going yeah good uh this I think this is like an annual show we've kind of done. I don't know if a stat cast standout is is uh, the proper name for it, just because it's you know certain stats haven't stabilized yet. There's more plate discipline still, so maybe we'll, we'll workshop the name a little bit. It's like you know early season surprises, like or, or standouts, and you know deep diving onto them. Uh, a name from last year that I I remember we did right on the show was uh, I think Christian Walker, like. We identified him like I think he only had like two home runs at the time, was hitting below 200, but he just popped out with all of his underlying numbers, and you know he ended up hitting 38 home runs and was a waiver wire find last year. So hopefully there's something like that uh, on this show, um, and it sort of coincides. I think we kind of been hinting at it. It's funny how like there's moments in the season that I you know talk about coming, and then they're here. It's like you know. Uh, it's weird to witness it in real time, but it's like now the the first two and a half weeks are are over the season. It's kind of like you're in the groove, right? Everything your your standings aren't changing dra- as drastically each day. Uh, guys' stat lines aren't moving too too much. You know, it's taking two or three games rather than just like one big night to to change yeah. stat lines. It, it's it's starting to get into the grind. Like, um. You know, we have uh, 11 days left of April, and then uh, you're kind of, you know, it, it gets warm for good. So it, it's, it's, we're fully in the swing of things, is kind of the point. And it kind of coincides with when we could start looking at this data. Not everything is stabilized, like I said, but um, you should be able to get a good picture of who's performing, who's overperforming, and if they could keep it up. 
Yeah, excited to get into it every year. It's a good one, and usually the threshold is like 50 uh, basically balls in play. So some of these guys have crossed that threshold. Others are a little bit shy. If it's like a platoon guy, we'll try to call that out. But we have about a dozen names to get into. Thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully this is a helpful episode for your guys' waiver claims or free agent ads going into the weekend. But a little housekeeping, you guys can follow us. On Twitter, at WinsAbovePod, I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. And we'll be here every Thursday throughout the regular season if this is your first time tuning in. So, appreciate having you guys. And uh, Steve, anything else to add on just kind of the timing and the general topic uh, before we launch into some names here? No, uh, just to sort of piggyback off of what you said uh for all of like the hard hit, bad ball metrics, bow rate, all that sort of stuff, yes, you, you do like to see 50, 50 balls in play. Um, but for some of the play discipline stuff, um, that's a little bit more uh, sticky since the denominator is pitches, like a, a good rule of thumb that I like to use. Like If you're u- looking at something where it's over total pitches seen or total pitches thrown, um, that's going to stabilize a lot quicker. And then sort of to clear up like what a stabilization rate is, is it's basically that the sample of data that you're looking at is more meaningful than regressing it to league average. So just because a guy has a 15% Bauer rate through 50 batted balls event doesn't mean that he is going to have a 15% Bauer rate going forward. It just means that that should have more weight than regressing it to like the 8% league average. So um, just a little, you know, insight uh into what this all sort of means and how to sort of damper your expectations a little bit and just realize that right anything in the small this isn't where it's going to end up exactly september exactly but it it is still useful to look at obviously yeah and and, you know we found that firsthand for sure in in recent years so even if uh one or two of these guys uh that are kind of very low on the roster ship breakout. Those are pretty good odds compared to just kind of looking out at surface level stats. So uh, first and foremost, Steve, I think we we have to call out who's uh, kind of been the early breakout goat, Matt Chapman, who I know in my home league with some, some different settings is ranked number two overall in fantasy. But Chapman is just off to a scorching pace. He's hitting 415. Five home runs, 13 runs, 17 RBIs is very nice on the counting stats there and a 1257 OPS. Uh, One thing with Chapman is you're usually counting on the average being somewhere around like, I don't know, 240 on a good year. It's climbing up a little bit. 363 XBA. Again, nobody's kind of putting in stone that Chapman is a 300 hitter, but now we've seen that he's one of those guys who is cross that 50 batted balls in play. So no question that Chapman is making changes. And I think just at first glance, the plate discipline is what jumps out that the the K rate's down to just a 20.8% strikeout rate. I think you would have totally signed up for something like a 24, 25% strikeout rate with Chapman, but it's been even better. The walks are nice around 10%. Uh, What are you seeing with Chapman here, Steve, for the Jays? Obviously a great offense to have exposure to. And it seems like he's pretty much been carrying the torch for them. Do you think it's legit? Kind of legit? I mean, how do we kind of project out Chapman uh, from here 
given how hot he started out. Yeah, maybe not a obviously not a waiver wire target, but it's funny like Chapman was sort of viewed as like maybe even a tier below, but it's like all right, you're in trouble now. Like we talked about how third base was so shallow, like you need to grab a third baseman early. If not, you want to grab one of them. Um, Chapman was probably the bottom end of the like. Okay, at least I got a, a decent fantasy player with some power here. Um, but if if you did that, you you know uh, ended up with not only a, a really good third baseman, but through the first two and a half, three weeks of the season, uh, the best fantasy player uh, <laughs> or, or close to it, uh, you know, pretty much whatever your settings are, he's he's basically been uh, the first three week MVP for sure. Um, the thing that stands out to most is something that you, that you hit on. It's the plate discipline. Like this looks like 2019 Matt Olson when he hit 36 home runs, when he had a 22% strikeout rate and 11% walk rate. And you thought there was some room for improvement because the power of skills have always been there. He's always hit the ball hard, always had a good barrel rate. And you would think you would have thought that he was a guy that could like hard hit his way through um, a, a lower BABIP, BABIP. That year he had 250 with 36 home runs. It was just a 270 BABIP. So for a guy that only struck out 22% of the time um, and hit the ball as hard as he did, you, there was no wonder that Chapman was like a being viewed as a potential and like a guy that, you know, I think he was in his age twenty four season or twenty five season that year that was projected to be this like okay Chapman might be this uh, heir apparent to Arenado as like a second round third baseman that didn't happen over the next few years and then in even the twenty twenty one you get two ten with twenty seven homers like. He was kind of forgotten. Um, bounced back a little bit last year in Toronto. I know there was some hype there going to that good lineup, but I mean, a 757 OPS was a little disappointing. Um, you were you were hoping he would get back to like those mid 800s at least when he was in Oakland in his prime, but the strikeouts rate went up, and, and that sort of held the batting average down too. And now it looks like it's 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 back. I mean. Um, Obviously, the power rate is ridiculous at 32% right now. The hard hit rate is also ridiculous at 68% right now. But the stuff that's stickier in smaller samples, like the K rate, the, the walk rate, um, you know, the 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 contact rate, it's up to 80, 81.3%. That's you know, three points higher than in 2019. Uh, so really, really good stuff as far as the plate discipline and bat-to-ball skills for Chapman, which is what I'm most impressed with and why I think that it's if someone's willing to sell high, like I would be all over that. Like Chapman, the, the powers, there's no question whatsoever. Like he is a, yeah, he had 27 homers. Like he'll hit it every single year. But if this plate skills stick, like 280, 35 home runs, like top fantasy player is not out of the question, especially in that lineup with the counting stats that he can get. Yeah, I mean, 280, that's something to, to dream on. I mean, at the 2019 season, he was around 250, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. I think you I think you actually said Matt Olson. Just to clarify, you were talking about Matt Chapman Sorry, in 2019. Sorry, excuse me. No, 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 you're good. Yes. That's uh, when you usually got the wrong got Oakland A. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Wrong for sure. Oakland Matt slugger. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, I think everything you said and sell high is exactly where I, I, I was – or buy high is where I was going – would you trade Alex Bregman, who's been struggling and was picked about, you know, half the ADP investment of Matt Chapman at like a 72 overall pick? Would you trade your Bregman 
for Matt Chapman? Uh, without hesitation, yes. Okay, okay. So, I mean, just playing chicken a little bit there, the next highest third baseman was Nolan Arenado, who on the year just has two homers. He is hitting three ten. And I know I know we like Arenado, but would you would you go Arenado Chapman? There I would go, okay, I'll give you Arenado this top three round, four round pick for Chapman and maybe an upside arm. Uh, that's yeah. something I would do if you needed a pitcher. Um sort of try and get a, a two for one there, giving up the bigger name in Arenado. And I still think that Arenado probably will end up with with more fantasy value um, just because by the, I, the uh, yeah. by the end of the year. But um, yeah, hey, maybe Chapman hits some more home runs. So if you if you need power um, more so than you do the average, uh, maybe it's a way to get yourself a little extra piece without sacrificing too much uh, at third base. I like that that idea. Yeah, I, one of the homers came off Christian Javier. That's always good to see that it's not just you know scrubs coming in um, that that he's doing the damage on. But yeah, that's that's Matt Chapman, age twenty nine. He still could easily put together uh, a career year, and it looks like he's well on his way. So very exciting there for Matt Chapman. Congrats if you invested on draft day. Complete opposite end of the roster spectrum, just two percent rostered is outfielder Kerry Carpenter for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Carpenter, who is really a name that wasn't on my, my radar as much, but, you know, what Detroit Tiger kind of is. And Carpenter, batting cleanup for them, has quietly made some noise here. And, and under the hood, it look, looks even better. Hitting 261, just three home runs, six runs, five RBIs, but at 876 OPS... And the XBA beneath that 261 average is 281. So Carpenter, you know, the stats look pretty good. The plate discipline, he is striking out 25.5% of the time. He does take a walk, however, 8.5%, a little above league average there. Steve, what are you seeing with Carpenter on uh, kind of the underlying metrics? Because it seems like there's some reason to be excited here. Uh, This was a guy put on my radar um, by Alex Chamberlain, uh, former guest of the podcast. Uh, Alex does great stuff over at Fangraphs, um, of course, with the pitch leaderboard. Um, but had he done sort of uh, the peripheral prospects, I would have this year. I think Kerry Carpenter may have been on it. I think that's that's how much he likes it. But a lot of the um, the batted ball stuff looks really good. Seventy uh, ninth percentile average exit velocity, ninety percentile hard hit percentage. Um, like you said, the X stats back it all up. 99th percentile in um, in barrel rate. Uh, it's only 30 batted, batted balls, so a smaller sample. But eight barrels already, that's that's pretty impressive. Uh, it looks like this is like a sneaky waiver wire, deep outfield league, some pop uh, potential. Um, you know, the fact that he's hitting just 260 right now. Um I think may keep him off the radar, but I think there's some some sneaky, sneaky deep league potential, and then potential for you know maybe a 14, 12 team uh, um, validity there uh, if he can keep it up. the 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 underlying metrics look look pretty good, and it doesn't look like he's a guy that's going to have too too much swing and miss in his game. Um, so it could be like a you know ceiling 
250, 25 homers sort of thing, I, th- I think, which is which is which is fantasy relevant for sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, he caught my attention when he he homered off my Kevin Gossman. I was frustrated on a start where he was kind of cruising, uh, but yeah, he he's done some good damage. I mean. Uh, hit a homer off Karinchak, Anthony Discalfani, who's been good this year as well. And yeah, I think overall, when you just look at like the whole uh, picture right now, pretty much, you know, across the board, it's like he's got some speed. He's got some pop that he's shown if it can stick. Um, curious. 36 quick, homers kind of, over three levels last year. 22 in double A, eight in triple A, six in the majors last year. Wow. So yeah, that's that's uh, legit power. So hitting cleanup, you know, you're going to get some volume, even if it is with the uh, Tigers' offense. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's interesting. And one thing I liked about it too, Steve, is he he's 28th in leaderboards on hard hit percentage, but he's 12th on the leaderboard for fly ball and line drive exit velocity. Great so power indicator. Yeah. Always. Yeah, it's kind of the pre-barrel uh, indicator. There is the fly ball, line drive, exit velo, and he's 12th on that list. So I, I think the signs are pointing up for Kerry Carpenter. I think he went two for four today. Um, so, yeah, just definitely a watch list guy. But, yeah, for, you know, 14-team, five outfielder leagues, I think he should be rostered. And he's only 2% rostered in Yahoo leagues right now. So it's a good name for the list. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you know this, but actually a lot of my my friends that I play with associate my brand for my home league team with Yandy Diaz. I've rostered Yandy Diaz for many a year, and I got to say I'm pretty excited. I grabbed him in the last round of my draft this year, and shout out to Alex Fast just before draft day for me. I saw a tweet that he had that was like, are we ignoring Yandy Diaz, who's finally starting to lift the ball? He's having a good spring. And so far, it looks like this is finally, finally, after four seasons, it seems like the breakout we've been waiting for, hitting 274, six home runs, 16 runs, 13 RBIs, great stuff right at the top of that order for the Rays and how dominant they've been, a 992 OPS for Diaz. Uh, He has homered now in back-to-back games, and his homer hit tonight as we record this on Wednesday or today was the hardest hit of his career at 114.5 miles per hour. Uh, The name of the game, Steve, has been the launch angle because there were seasons where Diaz had a negative launch angle. And even last year, everyone was getting excited that it was improved. I think it went from 6 degrees up to 7 degrees. Right now, the launch angle is 14.3 degrees. And we are now in a territory where... Diaz's uh, perennial plate skills might be pairing up with some pop that matches how jacked he is in terms of his body build. This could be super exciting, man. I I know some people have talked about him as well as like a buy high. He is 73% rostered. I think that number is too low. But I think in leagues where he is rostered, I'd be targeting Diaz, man. I'm I'm a believer. And with the Rays and the fact that he's not platooning this year, there's just tons of reason for excitement. Are you buying it for the the 31-year-old as a late breakout here? I, like you, also was patiently waiting for the Yanni Diaz breakout when he first signed with the Rays. Uh, Yeah, when he came over from Cleveland, right? Yeah, Cleveland, yes, yes. And they talked about wanting him to get the ball in the air more, and we saw this underlying hard hit rates, but just couldn't get the ball in the air. But 
you know, it, it wasn't even like they wanted him to, you know, go become this 40 or 50% fly ball rate guy. He just needed to get like into the 30s. Like he was at 8% in 2020, um, 17% the year before that, 22% in 2021. I think that was maybe his first year with the Rays. Maybe it was before that. Um, but this year he's doing the thing. It's 32.7% fly balls. Um, and when you hit the ball as hard as he does uh, with, with some loft on it, that's going to lead to the bright, bright red stat cast page with all the sliders that, you know, they, they always were there, um, except for like the Bauer rate uh, mm-hmm. because he just didn't hit the ball in the air. But now it's like finally, a Josh Bell, it's e- finally coming all together. Yeah. Like, you know, he has the plate this point. He doesn't swing and miss. He doesn't chase. Uh, this is what we all hoped and envisioned. I unfortunately don't have many shares of him this year. Um, I, I sort of gave up there. I guess I should have paid more attention to to you and Fast and and or Fast and what happened in uh, in the preseason. But uh, yeah, I, this is what we've all been waiting for. So I'm shocked that he is rostered in just 73 percent of Yahoo leagues. He should be rostered in every every league. So going down the rabbit hole on a potential buy high here, looking at like, uh, what, I guess, would this be first baseman? Because he's first and third eligible in Yahoo. But how high can you go is the question. Um, I mean, I I feel like it's a no-brainer on like a a Rowdy Telez who was drafted well ahead of him. Um, I know there's a little bit different skill set there. And Telez... You know, he's got five homers himself, but he's hitting 224. Start out with Telez versus Diaz. Yeah, I would definitely. I, I think I would go. Maybe it's not as, as quick as I think, just because Telez does have 35 homer pop. I don't know if Diaz is going to keep up this pace. Um, but the average upside is 25. definitely there. And, yeah, and like getting... the fact, I think Diaz is is first, third, in like all formats. So it's hard to do just a, a straight-up first baseman for him. But I think I would give the slight edge to Diaz, honestly, with the, with the plate skills and the higher average floor upside, honestly. I would. And, I think and even in OBP, right? Like, I know... I know. Oh, yeah. Telez takes a walk, too, but, like, Yandy always runs close to a 400 OBP. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty bullish. I know we're going to talk about Ryan Mountcastle, who had a blistering hot start, and he's cooled off considerably recently. That that could be a good one. Maybe we'll just jump into Mountcastle, but I would go over Mountcastle as well, um, even with his hot start. Um, you know, I, I know the the homers is where there's a trade off once you get to guys like CJ Crone and stuff, but I still think given the you know, the average is going to be a higher floor for Yandy. Um, I like it, man. I, I know he's 31, but I think if you took what he has going for him right now and it was on like a 24, 25-year-old prospect, I think it'd be through the roof. So I'm I'm super excited. But I don't know if we got any closing thoughts on, on Diaz before we uh, keep it moving here. No, uh, it, it's great that it's finally happening. Like we waited around, waited around seemingly every year. And like despite that, like last year – Diaz was a pretty good fantasy player, despite like essentially being a zero in in the homer department. Um, but he just got on base so much and was on a good race team that he did provide some sneaky value. So that alone probably should have 
driven up his draft day costs and interest a little bit, but um, like we just said, like all that needed to happen was was that launch angle adjustment. Um, we've been waiting for it for years, and it finally is happening. So I, I see no reason to to jump ship with with Diaz. Yeah, yeah. Last year hit two ninety six, just had the nine homers. This could be a, a two eighty. 25 homer guy with some really good runs at the top of the the race. Like if he gets to like 18, like he obviously has six now. He's already a third of the way there. But even if he's like an 18 homer guy, like if his line last year was, you know, if he slugged 480 instead of the 423, like that's approaching a 900 OPS because of how much he gets on base and, and, and the average skill, right? Right? That's. That's like a, a fantasy stud. So, with this much power, like you know, he has nine twenty two OPS right now. I'm not saying that he's going to have a thousand OPS, but you're starting to look at what the ceiling is if, if these power gains hold. Yeah, I mean he's he is not short of power. It was always just the launch angle, and it looks it looks like he is uh, correcting that to where. Who knows? He could be a 30-homer hitter. We just don't know yet. So, okay, that's the hype train for Yandy Diaz. We got uh, more under-the-hood studs to start the season, albeit some small sample sizes. We got some small roster rates as well that you can probably go out and add right away. First, we're going to take an ad break, and we'll be right back. Sometimes it can feel like food has an emotional control over you. Well, it's time to show your food who's boss with Noom. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, so Steve, back down to a guy who's widely available. It's Jack Sawinski, outfielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the overperforming Pittsburgh Pirates, one might say. 
Uh, not that that's coming from a bitter Cardinals fan in the NL Central or anything, but <laughs> the Pirates are putting it together. We got a couple on the rundown today, and Sawinski is, uh, you know, he's kind of, he came up last year, and he actually had a surprising amount of pop. He had 19 homers in 106 games. He's been very much a platoon guy, but today he started his first game against a lefty, and that's because he's starting out hot with the Pirates. He's batting two fifty which is fine, but four homers, uh, five runs, nine RBIs, and a 967 OPS. And Sawinski's kind of a name that, you know, I'd heard Eno Sarris talking about him. Uh, Scott White over at CBS kind of said he thinks there's going to be steady production this season. Um, of course, this is a deeper league target with the disclaimer, but Jack Sawinski right now, uh, among qualified, and he does not have enough of a sample size to where this is stabilized, but... On the list, he is third in barrels per plate appearance with a 17.5% uh, barrel rate there. And Sawinski, Steve, what do we think about uh, the pirate outfielder? Do you think this is uh, someone that's got your attention? Watchless guy? What are our thoughts? Uh, definitely has my attention. I know he was a popular ad because the pirates were in cores uh, these last few days. It was Connor Joe Revenge Week. Um, yeah. Uh, the- he and another pirate that we'll talk about uh, had themselves a series, which was which is fun to see. Um, but yeah, like you said, the power we know it's legit. Like Sawinski was a popular waiver wire ad at some points last year. I know it sort of faded, um, and and the average really wasn't there. It was strictly just for power. Like those nineteen home runs was basically all he gave. He did chip in four steals too, which was nice. But um, I mean the two hundred. Batting average, a thirty percent strikeout rate, um, really kind of put an anchor on on, on the upside and the value there. Um, this year, there's some other encouraging stuff, uh, particularly the chase rate. His O swing is down from twenty seven point four percent to seventeen point nine percent. So, whenever a power hitter um, starts to chase less, like that's always more intriguing to me, even more so than like. The, the drop in K rate because yeah, these guys are going to swing and miss, but if they're not chasing, they're looking at pitches that they can do damage on. Um, so, right. you know, despite you see, okay, Hey, he just dropped it. It's only 3%. He's still striking out 27, 27.5% of the time. It, it's almost more important that he's not swinging at the pitches off the plate. Like, you know, if he takes a gigantic hack at, at one meatball down the middle and he misses it. Yeah, it, it stinks, but at least, like, he's not swinging at something in the dirt that he has absolutely no chance on. Like, you know, the next That's time that point. that mistake's going to be there, he's going to crush it, right? Um, so I, I think that that's a bit encouraging, and maybe it'll lead to, you know, a little bit more of a of a upside in average and maybe potentially like a, a rowdy Telez type season like a 230 240 30 homer like he has that pop like he had 19 and 326 plate appearance or at bats last year 372 plate appearances so um the the, the pace of power is there and if there's any bit of improvement in the average then this guy's definitely more viable than just like a power stream like he could be a fourth fifth outfielder absolutely no question yeah, one thing I like about um, just what he did last year is 
a lot of those homers were spread across the board. Uh, you know, he had nine against fastballs, seven against breaking balls, three on changeups. So, you know, it's not one of these guys that's like only doing damage on one pitch and it's an easy book on how to, you know, get him to strike out. Um, some batted ball stuff, I, get, I, I know the sample size is too small, but uh, so far this season, the ground ball rate is down from 43% to 29% all pretty much traded out for fly balls, which is what you want to see for a guy like this. And yeah, I mean, in terms of player comps, you mentioned one there, Steve, with like Telez, but like on, on his Savant page, the, the player comps are Jorge Soler, Tyler O'Neill, Eugenio Suarez. Like that's probably the profile you're looking at. But if he's not going to be platooned, which is something we, we need to watch closely on how it goes against lefties with the Pirates, but this could be really sneaky for like a industry NFBC league or just again, a super deep uh, five outfielder league where, you know, you you're probably looking for some help and Sawinski could provide it. So I think, uh, yeah, right now the XBA is at 279. So uh, of course all this is, you know, he's on a hot streak, no question, but yeah, I think this could be a guy that's like 240 with that 25, 30 Homer upside, like you're talking about. So I think Sawinski's a good one there. Um, moving along, I think we got to talk about Jared Kelnick. I know we've talked about him in some past shows. Uh, he had hit four home runs in four consecutive games. He's still hitting 310, uh, eight runs, nine RBIs, and 988 OPS. Uh, he has cooled off since the four homer stretch, uh, but under the hood, it looks like it's still uh, pretty impressive in terms of his barrel numbers. So. Steve, what are you what are you seeing with Kelnick, and are we you know we'll probably need to continue to assess how whether or not this is kind of for real a breakout or not. But what are your thoughts on Kelnick as it relates to kind of the I think your I think stuff? your boy TJ uh, declared it to be uh, for real on Twitter, asking us <laughs> to talk about it on the show. The king uh, of overstatements, but yeah, here he yeah. is. Uh, I I tend to agree with him because. Even more so than the, you know, I know the power, the the, the Homer binge is, is over. Uh, not to say that there's not going to be more coming soon, but what's more impressive is the fact that the K rate during that time has dropped. Like, you know, when he had that two, three Homer games in a row, he was still striking out 35% of the time. That's down to 26.2%. So that's getting better. Like, that's more of what we, like, you know, if Kelnick had zero home runs, um, and everything else was still there as far as the bower rates and, and the strikeout and the walk rates, like I would still be just as, as impressed, right? Like he's walking more, striking out less. Uh, another guy that's reaching less 31.2% uh, to 27.1% making a lot more contact, which is like what, he, you know, he just was not hitting the ball. Like even when, when he was striking out 33% of the time, it was more concerning that this, the swing and miss was just, prevalent in this game it went from 69.5 percent contact rate that is to 78.6 percent that's much closer to league average and, and a lot more palatable uh for a guy w- with this skill and it just looks like you know there was there's another stance change i know you kind of roll your eyes at that with Kelnick because that's all you heard about when he was would sent down to the minors and make this adjustment or that adjustment to his swing or stance but it looks like there's finally something um that clicked in this most recent change. So uh, I, I, I really, really uh, like it. I wish I had more shares and I wish that I sort of stuck to it. But um, the 14.7% swing strike rate last year, yeah, that's down to 
9.6%. So um, one of the biggest improvers in, in that category as far as just swing and miss, uh, you know, uh, swing strike, the number of swings and misses per pitches that you see. So um, that's that's really good. It's like three points below league average. So um, really, really liking, liking what I see uh, with Kelnick. The, the zone contact is back up. That's a number that you like to see high. Uh, it's at 85.85%. So not missing pitches inside the zone. Uh, that's going to help keep your strikeout rate down and with the raw power that Kelnick has and just the, the tools. Like, there's a reason why we were so hyped up about him. So uh, I'm excited, and I think it's all finally coming together for Jared Kelnick. Yeah, and he's 84% rostered. So, you know, outside of real shallow, like 10 team leagues, probably not an ad. In terms of you know, buying high on Kelenic and buying the breakout. Obviously, the manager who has him is probably going to be pretty stubborn, but, you know, a couple of Cardinals going way ahead of him at the end of draft season, Lars Newtbar, even like a Jordan Walker, either one of those would you deal, just knowing the upside for Kelenic? And if we are kind of, you know, on the binary scale saying, is this a breakout or not? I think we would probably bet that it is a breakout. So would you... uh you know, how, how high on the outfield list would you be looking at uh, dealing? I mean, Anthony Santander is another guy that was way up there who's who's been, you know, slow out of the blocks. Uh, what do you think on kind of trade targets for Kelnick? I know you don't like doing the challenge trades usually, but just yeah, theoretically speaking. I think I'd like Kelnick more than any of those guys. Like, I would hope that a hot streak for Lars Newbar is what Kelnick is doing. Uh, maybe the plate discipline is a little uh, more comforting for Newbar, and I know he was hurt, so it's a, a much smaller sample, and he hasn't really even got a full stretch of playing time. But they do tend to sit him versus lefties, and you know Kelnick has sort of already earned that. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have to start this guy versus anybody. Sort of playing time. Not saying that Newbar can't do that, and his plate plate skills, and um, you know. Uh, OBP should put, probably be higher, but I mean, Kelnick's walking at 12% of the time now too. So um, I think based on this, it, it's close, but I, I think I'd rather have Kelnick. Yeah, I love the love the walks from, from Newt. Jordan Walker, a uh, little pun intended there, but the, the launch angle for Walker is just 3.5 degrees so far. I mean, he's been a singles machine. I know everyone is talking about the hit streak, but... Now he's just batting 269. Uh, he's got the two home runs, but not a lot in the air. Uh, so it's kind of in that Yandy Diaz type of space. Hopefully he can turn that around. I don't think I would do it for Walker just yet, but I think Newt Bar, it's, it's fair with the playing time and everything the Cardinals do there. So anyway, food for thought there. Let's keep it moving to another outfielder, one we already named. Jorge Soler himself is having a nice little bounce back season. 267 average, five homers, eight runs, 10 RBIs, and 976 OPS. And Steve, I know last year I was big time on the hype train for Jorge Soler. He's one of my bold predictions. And it all was focused on the strikeout rate gains that he had when he went from the Royals to the Braves. And then last year was kind of a disaster. He couldn't stay healthy when he was. The the strikeouts were bad. So far, just a 21% K rate. Um and yeah, the pop looks good for Soler. He's hitting cleanup for the Marlins. 
Uh, 20% roster in Yahoo, so he is available out there. I've been seeing him get snatched up in a couple leagues. What do you think on uh, Solaire here? Is this good Atlanta Braves Solaire? Is this uh, another kind of hot stretch that's going to trick us for Solaire and he's going to slump hard in the next month? It looks like those plate skills and strikeout rate gains that you fell in love with are sort of back. Um, similar story to uh, Sawinski. Um, the chase rate is is a lot better. Um, it, it's much improved and leading to that, you know, uh, looking like that 2019 uh, Jorge Soler where he had a 78th percentile chase rate, um, hit those, what, like 48 home runs with uh, oh like a 260 average sort of thing. Um, it's at 76% this year. So looking... Similar to that peak Jorge Soler, uh, second half Atlanta Braves, Jorge Soler. Um, and the power, there's just no question. Like, if you go to on his Savant page and go to the game, the game logs and then StatCast, and then just look at his batted balls, it's like 99 miles an hour, 102, 107, 106, 101, 107. Like, those are his last six balls in play. <laughs> just absolutely. So, yeah. Like that, like you don't need to talk about that with Solaire. Like the, the, the power is there. It's just what's intriguing and caught my eye is is the plate discipline. Um, you know, he's making um, the same amount of contact, but the fact that he's chasing less um, is really, really uh, impressive, and hopefully leads to um, that depressed strikeout rate. Like. <sighs> You know, it was twenty nine percent of the time, but in, in, in Kansas City at twenty in twenty nineteen when he had that monster year, it was twenty six percent of the time. So if he's at twenty five, twenty six percent range, um, and and with this raw power, like essentially all he would need to do is stay healthy, and it could be a a two fifty forty homer season, right? Especially with the fact that it's looking like the balls aren't as dead as they were last year. Maybe not. Happy fun ball of 2019, but maybe somewhat happy, somewhat fun ball of 2023. Yeah, yeah. Solaire ranks second on that barrels per plate appearance. Uh, just 44 batted ball events, so a little shy, but second trailing only Matt Chapman. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much every hard contact power metric, he is top five on the leaderboard. So, it, the, the pop is real, like you said, Steve, and I think 20% should go way up until we see the slump because, man, when it's a, a good breakout for Solaire, he very much is, and we've seen it, you know, a couple times in the past four or five years, the ability to be a league winner. I think he kind of gets knocked because when it is bad, it's so bad. But, you know, when when he's kind of avoiding the Ks like he is right now, the rest just kind of falls into place with how much power he has. So that's a good one. And also a good segue to a guy who has almost the same level of pop, <laughs> but not the plate discipline. And that's Patrick Wisdom. I don't know about you, Steve, but in a lot of leagues I'm in, he's just been hovering in the top ad slot. And a lot of managers just kind of looking at each other like, who's going to go first? Who's going to Who's going to roll the dice with Wisdom before he slumps out? for the next three weeks and basically go through a, a spell like Mount Castle is right now. But right now he is uh, riding high, tied for the MLB lead in home runs with Pete Alonso. He has eight bombs on the season. 
hitting 279 for batting average. 15 runs, 15 RBIs is fantastic on the counting stats. 1097 OPS. Uh, he's 12th in the league in barrels per plate appearance. And the downfall, of course, is the plate discipline, where he still has a strikeout rate north of 30%. And it just leads you to wonder, like, is this kind of same old Patrick wisdom where you're going to see a hot spell like this and it's something that's more of a trap than anything? He's also 78% rostered, but I'm sure he's available in some 10, 12-team leagues. How do you assess this wisdom breakout, Steve? I think 5 by 5 is a little bit better than points leagues, but it's still, I got to admit, I'm skeptical on it. Yeah, I'm skeptical. Um, Probably the least um, convinced. But I also think that maybe it's, it's, He's going to be good enough that he's not just like an instant drop after the the streak ends. Um, You you know, uh, last year I feel like he was like a guy that was added and then dropped a million times. But, um, hey, if you added him when this hot streak started, you got got a few more homers uh, in a a row. Um, But, yeah, there aren't these plate discipline games that, that jump out to me. Um, with wisdom, but I think that it's probably going to be worth it because last year, you know, um, he had 25 homers and 534 plate appearances. I don't see why the Cubs aren't going to play him. And if he can just keep the K rate, even just around 30% from the 34%, um, it could be like a 220, 230 average that makes you – be able to hold on to him so that you're not like trying to scramble for his next hot stretch. Like maybe it's a, a guy that you can keep on your bench for a little bit until he does get hot again. Um, I know that's tougher in weekly leagues to do. Um, you might just have to suck it up, just leave it in there and take those weeks where he's, where he's not as good, but Hey, I mean, I'll take the 4% strikeout rate uh, gain, even if he is still striking out 30% of the time. That's, that's not nothing, especially for like a all or nothing hitter that that wisdom is. Yeah, just kind of perusing all these home runs. It looks like a couple came against athletic pitchers. Did hit one off of Julio Arias, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Grove, Andre Jackson, Martin Perez. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Maybe Lowen, maybe it's but, a guy you throw in when his schedule's pretty easy, you know, something like that. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking in, in terms of, uh, yeah, like a streaming factor. Cubs upcoming games, uh, looks like they've got a series with the Dodgers, then the Padres, then the Marlins. Uh, so it, it could be a little tricky. Yeah, of, some of tough pitchers the next there. Eight yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, if he can get out of that, uh, there is a series against the Nats. But yeah, this will be this will be a better test than him coming uh, off of this this hot streak against the Athletics. So uh, yeah, that's Patrick Wisdom. I think. It's a good point, though, Steve, that, you know, he had 25 last year, 28 the year before that. And those were years where his K rate was 34 percent, 40 percent. So good point that we are seeing improvements at just like a 30 percent strikeout rate. And that could be enough to make him rosterable and helpful, uh, especially if you can just pair him with, you know, some some slap hitter Boy Scouts like a Stephen Kwan or somebody who can hold your average up a little bit. But uh, we are going to get to more StatCast names here, but we're going to take our second ad break and we'll be right back. Fads come and go. 
and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. All right, without further ado, Ryan Mountcastle. Uh, Mountcastle started about as hot as any player, had all of our attention. He's still second in the majors in RBIs with 20, uh, tied for second there. It has six home runs, but batting just 219 after he's been on a three for 28 uh, slump here in the past week or so. Uh, the strikeout rate is about the same as it was last year. You know, Mountcastle is a tough one to put our finger on, Steve. His his draft stock fell quite a bit from last year to this year. And I know the walls out in, in Camden are kind of a factor for him. But Crystal Ball, I mean, where do we see Mountcastle ending up as he's now kind of shown us two seasons already where he's like one of the best hitters in baseball and then one of the ones that like, you know, you can't imagine not cutting him when you see what he's doing night in, night out for a week and a half. Yeah, um, I think Mountcastle's like kind of like a premium Patrick Wisdom, like which is, I mean that in like a nice way. Right. I think that, you know, his floor for, for average is like 240, 250. Um, it does look like he's underperforming a bit. His XBA is 286. I know last year he had a 277 XBA versus that 250. So maybe he's sort of a guy that he hits so many fly balls uh, but does hit the ball hard that he's kind of always going to underperform um, those metrics. But I think he is getting a, a little unlucky now and probably deserves a little bit more than the 208, 232, 494 uh, slash line that he's running with right now. So um, I think it's a, a decent buy low. Um, I, I know that hot start, or maybe people are, are frustrated now after uh, he kind of came crashing back down to earth, but all of the power metrics are, are really, really good. Um, yeah, he's going to strike out a lot. Yeah, he doesn't walk, so that's kind of a drag in OBP leagues. But I, I think Malcastle kind of is who he is, and I think that, you know, last year sort of is kind of the floor. Like I would expect closer to 30 home runs than the 22 that he had last year uh, with that 250, you know, 245, 255 sort of range um, OPS around 800, um, which is, which is, you know, fine for a first baseman, really good for a CI. So um, I think, I think there's a, a mini buying opportunity considering how, how tough this, uh, this stretch has been for him. Yeah, and it might be a nice time to uh, to buy low. I mean, he's got probably a get-right series coming up here with the Tigers. Um, and, yeah, beyond that, looks like their upcoming games, they got after the Tigers, they got the Red Sox, 
they got the Tigers again, and then they got the Royals. So we might have a nice hot stretch here for Mountcastle. Um, and yeah, that I, I agree that he should turn it around a little bit. I don't know that. Um, I mean, yeah, the average is interesting that he's always landed at 250. I, I would have thought with the the plate discipline issues, but I guess he's got a, a pretty de- decent hit tool. Uh, he'll get some singles mixed in there. So, yeah, I think, you know, still hitting in the heart of the order, batting third for the Orioles. It's it's pretty safe. I wouldn't I wouldn't be thinking of dropping if you've weathered the storm with the three for 28 because much better matchups on the way here for Mountcastle. But uh, let's shift over to outfielder who's kind of been surging, Brent Rooker, for the Oakland Athletics. Um now, kind of disclaimer, he's dealing with a hammy bruise. I think he sat a couple games in a row. They might IL him, so keep an eye on that. But, man, Brent Rooker uh, batting 324, four home runs, five runs, 11 RBIs, a 1071 OPS for Rooker. And it looks great under the hood. He's sixth in the league in barrels per plate appearance. Of course, that's also with a, a smaller sample size than some of the other guys like Chapman. I think he's just got like 30 batted ball events somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, so far so good for for Rooker with uh, you know the hard hit rate, the XBA's 342, so even better than his 324 batting average. And he's another guy who's hitting in the heart of the order. It's a bad team, but he's going to see volume batting third, batting fourth for the A's. Uh, he's pretty available, Steve. Just 25% rostered. Uh, I personally don't have any shares, but I put some fab bids in and lost out slightly in NFBC leagues. Uh, I'm interested in Rucker. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a, it's an intriguing profile. Another guy that the power isn't in question. He had 28 home runs across uh, two levels last year, or uh, two teams at AAA. So, but that was just in 81 games. So, um, pretty impressive stuff. Like he's always had a, a good power rate when he has been up with the Twins. Like even in small samples, he's at a 14.3 percent, 12.6 percent. So yeah, the the it's not out of line to 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 see or beyond expectations to see the power numbers that he's he's putting up and you know in this small sample it's not like he's getting lucky that the x stats back it all up i mean with a 51.6 percent hard hit rate um that's that's how how you're gonna do it uh the fact that he's just striking out 16 percent of the time like it's encouraging uh However, the O swings are in line with with what he's done in the past. Uh, the contact rate is still just sixty six point seven percent, so you would like to see that higher. So I would expect a, a good amount of regression in the strikeout rate. Um, let's see what the 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 swing the swing strike rate rate is here as I pull it up. Yeah, fifteen point nine percent, which is right in line. So I am expecting some serious strikeout regression. Um, that being said, I don't think he can't be a, a, a low average high power producer sort of, uh, guy that we've been talking about, like a, like a Patrick wisdom in the outfield. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the theme. And yeah, he, you know, his, his, uh, in terms of his batted ball numbers, like his launch angle is up quite a bit this year. He's got more fly balls. So it's what you want to see from a power standpoint. Um, the four homers that he's had haven't been off great pitchers. So it, it certainly won't be as good as it has been, but I think he is one of the best hitters in that, that lineup and age 28 is kind of power prime. 
and it, it looks good so far. I mean, some of those homers have been, you know, straightaway center field, always a good power indicator as well. So I think Rooker's interesting one for sure. I think probably 14 team leagues, he should be rostered, but 12 team, you know, you might be be wary of the the regression like you're talking about, Steve. So yeah, anything else to add on uh, Rooker there, or are we good to uh, keep moving to another outfielder? Let's move it along. All right, well, hey, here we are talking about Andrew McCutcheon, Pirates outfielder in 2023, and we have to, Steve. I think he kind of rocked us to sleep the past few years underperforming, but he's got the uh, good vibes going with the comeback tour in Pittsburgh, batting 310. With a 417 OBP, he's always been able to take a walk and a 586 slug, four homers, three steals for good measure, ten runs, nine RBIs. Uh, McCutcheon, man, what are you seeing under the hood with him? And do we think that this is uh, kind of legit rosterable in 12 team, 14 team leagues? This looks like, you know, prime MVP, first overall fantasy player, Andrew McCutcheon. Um, I know it's a small sample and it's probably not going to keep up, but it is just amazing to see like, you know, it's, and it's, it's super cool that he's doing it back in yeah, Pittsburgh, sure. but he's walking more than he's striking out. I mean, he's got a 226 ISO, which is, you know, right in line with those 2012, 2014, where he was a perennial MVP candidate. Um, the hard hit rate is up. Um, the bow rate is, is up. Uh, it, it's 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 really cool to see. Um, and what's most impressive to me is the fact that he's 97th percentile in outfielder jump, 89th in sprint speed. His sprint speed has always been pretty good. Like even last year was 90th percentile, but his outfielder jump, like in 2021, was 24th percentile. 20 2020 18th percentile. So it kind of just showed that he like lost the step a little bit. For it to be in the 97th percentile this year, like, who knows? Maybe there's – he's, like, fully healthy and just rejuvenated being back in Pittsburgh, whatever. But it, it's kind of like, hey, is – is like, are we getting just, like, a, a renaissance year from McCutcheon? Like, we've we've had these sort of seasons from, from like, these borderline Hall of Famers, right? Uh, yeah. I was like, just going like to say, Votto, like, he's like had Votto a career, man. Line, right? Like, you know, years that like, – in, in their late thirties that these superstars of the past just explode for again sure. for one more time. Carlos so, Beltran. Yeah. Beltran yeah. Comes yeah to mind. For sure. For sure. So maybe it's, it's not smart to just write it off as a, as a slow, as a, as something that's, you know, will we'll cool off in two weeks. Like he's still, he hit 27 homers in 2021. So uh, the power is there. Like if he could, pair that with the a lower strikeout rate and, and a hard hit rate that you know with his speed he could have a, a decent batting average like who knows maybe we're getting a 280 25 15 season from McCutcheon yeah I mean you'd you'd bet against it just because of you know kind of basic logic of yeah. how old he is and just kind of his his power speed profile and it hasn't all been there with like the hit tool but yeah he's red hot now with three homers in his last four games a couple of those were at cores um but yeah the kind of the athleticism 
metrics you were talking about, Steve, it's, is wild to see, and it's just best, it is super cool. Best I mean, hard it's got to be great for best hard yeah. hit rate of the stack guess error for him. So, um, wow, yeah. by by a decent margin. Like in 2015, it was 44.1 percent. This year, it's 44.7 percent. He was never above 42 percent any of those years in between. So, um, and in that 2015 season, it was like. He had an 889 OPS with 21 homers, 11 steals. Like, still an amazing player. Yeah, it's a bummer that O'Neill Cruz went down with the injury because with some of the yeah. things going on here yeah. in, in, in Pittsburgh, and you know they got like Andy Rodriguez, who's who will be an exciting call up. Um, you know, it's got to be crazy for Brian Reynolds to be like you know, more or less a, a foregone conclusion that he's got to move at the deadline. But if the Pirates keep this up, like... It's like, does he want to be a be part cool of it? Yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, this is the best culture by far. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the, I don't know, like Hosmer in Kansas City or, or uh, Rizzo in Chicago, where it's like you weather the storm when they're so bad for so long that it's got to be cool. And it would be so awesome to see McCutcheon do it. Kind of like Pujols last year, just, uh, you know. Yeah, that's, another, that's, a, that's, a, that's another one too, right? Like that, that's a perfect example too. Like I know it was really only like the last two months, but Pujols was super fantasy relevant. Like there was a stretch where he was like one of the best hitters in the league for a month. Yeah. And is anything more fun than when you have one of those awesome baseball stories and it's helping your fantasy yeah. team? So, yeah, yeah got to love it. We're, we're rooting for it for sure, but... McCutcheon, I think there are reasons to be excited here with the yeah the the chase rate stuff like you're talking about and just overall that it looks really good with the the X stats. So uh, round us out, Steve, with with Jorge Mateo. This is a guy that I now associate with Steve Giswelli whenever I, like I, I think Mateo. And yeah, it's been it's been exciting so far with uh, uh, the 362 average. OPS well over a thousand, three homers, eight steals, thirteen runs, twelve RBS. Like this to me, and it's a broader topic, but I love that the rabbits are benefiting the most so far from the bigger pay- base passes or bigger bases because it seems like everyone is saying like, oh, it won't really benefit the the guys who you expect to get twenty five, thirty steals, and it seems like those are the guys who are running wild right now. Uh, but Mateo's been at the front of that, and it looks like it's not just empty speed like we've talked about in the past. So what's your take on everything that Mateo's doing uh, and, and what it might mean for, for fantasy? Uh, some cold water caveat. He did leave Wednesday's game, um, and he's been banged up in general. He missed a game with an ankle, I think also a hand injury, and he was removed with a sore hip. So um thursday as this this comes out be sure to monitor that i believe the orioles are off on thursday so we might not get news till till friday or the weekend but um just something to monitor but it's still warranted to talk about just because mateo i think you know in the uh in the discord in the pitcher list discord shout out uh join pitcher list uh pro um or plus and get access to our discord and there's there's a baseball trivia um and Mateo has just been a great source of, you know, what player has improved X, Y, Z the most this year or top five, like more so than any of that slash line or, or the stolen base holes because you expect it. You know, even the, the three homers, you saw he had some pop last year with the 13 homers and had some stretches with that. Um, the fact that he's striking out just 16.1% of the time, walking 9% of the time, and all the underlying plate skill, discipline skills that that are there, um, that he needed to take a, a step in, he has. 
Um, these are through um, Tuesday night games, so it missed one game uh, on the 17th. Uh, he, his O swing went from 39.4%, so chase rate, um, to 26.5%. His contact rate went from 71% to 75.8%. His swing strike has dropped from 15.4% to 10.7%, and zone contact is up to 87%. Uh, from 83.6%. So all of those plate skills, like paired with the raw athleticism and power um, that Mateo has shown, um, it's material for a breakout. Like if anyone drops him and doesn't hold him, even if there is an IL stint, uh, you have to be all over that. Uh, Or or if you can trade for him, if you have the room on uh, on the IL, like because... This could be like peak Jonathan VR, you know, 18 homer, 60 steal with, you know, a 280 average. Uh, if he can yeah. keep his strikeout rate, any of those gains, right? If he, if, I mean, if he strikes out 16% of the time, like he could hit 300 with how fast and how hard he hits the ball. Yeah, it is. It, it's salivating. It seems like we've been waiting for years and it's been the the plate discipline and honestly like the contact skills but to see that all that stuff's yeah, moving in the right all, direction all the power metrics are way up too like his power rate last year was 31 percent it's 46 percentile last year average exit velocity last year was 12 percentile it's up to 86 percentile max ev 92nd percentile after being in the 75th percentile last year like hard hit rates way up from 13 percent to 75 percentile like it, everything that you could improve on, Jorge Mateo has improved on. Yeah, and and just like looking at his game logs, like zero, zero, zero for strikeouts, and it's like that is refreshing mm-hmm. to see for for Mateo. And you got to imagine it's a matter of time if he stays healthy that he won't be hitting eighth or ninth in that order, mm-hmm. unless they're trying to kind of cheat him. Is that like lead off before the lead off? Uh, it would be great for him to to move up. There's some upside there, but yeah, we talked about with Mountcastle that there's three or four great series for for the Orioles coming up. Hopefully, he stays healthy and can keep doing some damage here. But yeah, Mateo, eighty three percent rostered, so you know, really kind of shallow leagues. But I think he's pretty much as long as he's healthy, must roster in in all formats. So even like ten team leagues, and maybe it's in another situation where you can kind of buy high. Uh, if he continues this now, it would have to be very high because mm-hmm. again, that he, he's kind of like a top ten fantasy guy. So yeah, far. If, if Chapman isn't ranked one year league, Mateo probably is. Right. So there's that, but I, I think we're buying the breakout. And if somebody gives up too quick, uh, you know, keep an eye on if the the plate skills have stayed because that's that's the biggest thing for Mateo. So nope, that that rounds us out. So I know there's a, a lot of names there, Steve, but. Uh, a good list and I think next week we're shifting over to uh, do something similar for pitchers right yep uh, I, I love it we'll do some sort of hot start or you know deep dives on some, some pitching names which is which is always fun uh, and you know we'll have a, a sample of like five starts from those guys which is which is pretty good so we, we should get into some interesting stuff there next week Yes, and as always, if you guys have any questions, topics you guys want us to cover on the show, you can always email us, windsabovefantasy at gmail.com, or reach out to us on Twitter. The show is at windsabovepod. I'm at van underscore verified, and Steve is at stav8818. 
But that is episode 96, talking about uh, working title, uh, <laughs> early season surprises, stack cast standouts, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully these guys can help your fantasy teams. And we're buying most of what they're showing uh, on the underlying metrics. So uh, that rounds us out, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. And we're excited to talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Later.